Hello, friend. Welcome back to Adrenaline Realms Thriller Channel. I am your host, Neil Helligers, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for a brand new show, a brand new journey. But what's interesting and cool about this next show, which is called Greetings from Salton Sea, is that it comes from the same prodigious mind that just brought you the signal, and of course, that brought you outliers earlier in Adrenaline, Cassandra Wells. So Greetings from Salton Sea, I would characterize it as a psychological mystery thriller. Um, we're getting into the depths of memory and secret trauma you know, an average week on adrenaline, of course. But this time we are going to expose the dark underbelly of a dying California desert town. About 14 years ago, Kellen Rucker's 12-year-old brother, his twin brother, disappeared. And just recently, a shin bone has been found, and Kellen believes it to be the remains of his twin. So he is going back to his good old Toxic Lake hometown with a uh, very secretive, closed population of eccentric characters to find out what really happened all those years ago. And just like last time with The Signal, I'm going to be listening alongside with you, taking it all in. But I'm already getting notes of a sort of a Twin Peaks style thriller, but instead of the lush Pacific Northwest, we're exchanging that for a dry, salty California desert. But what I'm also very excited about, speaking of The Signal, is that of course we have Cassandra Wells and directed by Charlie Randazzo and his sound design, but we also have many of the same wonderful actors involved from The Signal. We have Daniel Kamen, we have Mark Irvingson, we have Time Winters, we have Marta Cross, Tracy Winters, Tom Beyer, Jeff Blumberg, Jackson Gwillem, Harry Gwillem, and Charlie Randazzo as well. So let's get right into it right now. This is Adrenaline on Realm. I'm your host, Neil Helligers, and here is episode one from Greetings from Salton Sea. Enjoy. Kellen? Tell me what you hear. Ticking? Your metronome? You don't hear it? They can probably hear it in the next office. Besides that... You're rich baritone, Doc. You must have had vocal training at some time. Maybe the traffic outside your window? Or I could just be imagining that, I don't know. Look, this isn't working. Keep your eyes closed. Breathe deep, measured breaths, and relax. Okay. Now, what do you see? My eyes are closed. Your mind's eye is never closed. Is that what your bumper sticker says? If you don't wish to see, then what do you hear? It's the morning of the day your brother disappeared. It was Sunday. I remember that. Did you go to church that morning? Hell no. Our family didn't go to church. Vernon, my father, didn't buy into the concept of spending the Sabbath with his butt plastered to a pew. He always said that for a working man, Sunday was for football. Working man? Makes me think of a mechanic or a plumber with stained overalls, not a fucking realtor in a cheap suit. He sold property in Salton Sea. Did I mention that? This isn't a casual conversation, Kellen. Yeah, okay. This is a guided memory session. A session you agreed to. I'm trying to help you get past the blockade in your memory. I know. I remember hearing the church bells. Different bells. There are more churches in Sultan Sea than you'd think for a one-time tourist town. They say there's more churches per capita in Las Vegas, too. Did you know that? Callan. Sorry. 
force of habit. Long-form feature writers need to pad their word counts rather than the other way around. It was Sunday. Now, fast forward to early evening. Got nothing. The church bells are all I remember. It was 20 years ago. I was 12. Memories fade with time. Not the abduction of your brother. The memory of that day didn't fade. You buried it with a mental pickaxe and shovel. Because Kevin was my fucking twin, okay? We shared a womb, a birthday, and our first 12 years of existence. And then he was gone. You had an emotional breakdown in the aftermath. Now what my file says? That's an understatement if there ever was one. More like I completely lost it and became a catatonic zombie. So what? Wouldn't you? I was locked up in a fucking loony bin for nearly six months. You weren't hospitalized for displaying normal grief, no matter how severe or devastating. That was the first time I tried to kill myself. And yesterday was the second time. Unless there are other occasions that I'm not aware of. No, just twice. Then and now. Hanging yourself isn't as easy as it seems, at least for me. A noose is more complicated than a Rubik's Cube if you don't know what you're doing. I should have Googled it, but it wasn't exactly thinking clearly. I'd down a half bottle of vodka and swallowed a shitload of pills. After more than a decade of rigorous sobriety. Yeah, well, you don't hop off the wagon, you fall off. Right on your fucking face. And now I bet you're going to say that I didn't really want to die, that my actions were just to cry for help. There's no reason it can't be both. That's not a very therapeutic remark. Sometimes the truth is more important than the soothing balm that belies it. Ooh, heavy shit, Doc. You ought to write a self-help book. I can release you after your 72-hour hold, or I can admit you against your consent. The decision rests with you. You just said I don't have a choice. But I do. And I'm leaving it up to you to assist me in making my decision. Convince me you're past this crisis, that you are regaining some semblance of stability, that there won't be a repeat of the incident that brought you here. Talk to me, Kellen. I'm not taking notes. I'm listening. But you're recording this, aren't you? As I'm required to by law. When I walk out these doors, the police are going to be waiting for me. To question you. Not arrest you. At least, not initially. So, the longer I stay here... The inevitable can be delayed, but it's still inevitable. Yeah. Okay. All these years, a part of me thought maybe Kevin was still alive. That okay, he'd been abducted, but maybe he hadn't been murdered. And buried in some shallow grave in the desert or dumped like trash in some river. Like, maybe he'd been held captive or something. Yeah, probably by a psycho pervert, but at least he'd still be alive. With anal scarring and destroyed psyche, but still among the living. Or better yet held captive by a crackpot cult who needed slave workers to plow the fields in their fucking co-op. 
Enslaved, okay. Beaten, probably. But at least without the soul-destroying sexual abuse. And when he got big enough and strong enough, he could manage to escape. You know, like those young women held as sex slaves for years, but they weren't killed. I don't know about their quality of life now, but at least their families got some relief. What is it that triggered you? You can't go home again. So says Thomas Wolfe. You've read Wolfe? Huh. I guess you're more than just a theatrical voice in a white lab coat, Doc. I did my English undergrad thesis on Wolfe's novels. But that's probably in my file, too. I bet there's even a spreadsheet in there on my potty training. The human mind is a fearful instrument of adaptation, and in nothing is this more clearly shown than in its mysterious powers of resilience, self-protection, and self-healing. Yeah, but don't leave out Wolf's next line. Unless an event completely shatters the order of one's life. Your life-shattering event occurred two decades ago. What was it that triggered you recently? I had no intention of ever setting foot back in Salton Sea again. When I turned 18, I got out, moved to L.A., went to college on a journalism scholarship, had my parents meet me halfway on holidays, the garden room at a chain hotel in Santa Ana for Thanksgiving, a Morongo casino all-you-can-eat buffet for Christmas. After graduating, okay, I partied too much. But I climbed out of that self-indulgent pit and managed, barely sometimes, to stay clean. But I managed. Got a good job, too. Moved to Seattle, somehow acquired a good-looking fiancé, a reasonable mortgage on a starter house, adopted a rescue dog. And then? The fiancé got hot and heavy with her ex. The real estate market tanked, so I had to scramble out from under an upside-down mortgage. And the dog got hit by a car. C'est la vie. Glib is for dinner parties, Kellen, not for psychold evaluations. Yeah, sorry. My mother called two weeks ago. She and my father are both over 70. She's a bit dithery now, and he's showing signs of dementia. That's what you get with parents who wait to have kids. All they managed was the one birth, Kevin and me. A miracle, they called it. Do you consider yourself close to your parents? Closest for horseshoes and hand grenades. That wasn't a loaded question. I don't know. We talk every couple of weeks or so, but besides holidays, that's about it. Hello, friend. This is Neil Helligers, host of Adrenaline Realms Thriller Channel, and I'm here to talk to you a little bit more about the Greenlight app. And this message is, of course, sponsored by Greenlight, but I was using, our family was using the Greenlight app uh, even before the first ad in a wonderful, thrilling, cosmic coincidence, right? See what I did there? So again, to catch you up, Greenlight is a debit card and a money app that's made for families. Basically, the way it works is that parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving. And you can see exactly how much money they have in their account. And there's different ways to give them money. What we've been doing is on a, like a weekly allowance, a certain amount that goes into his account every week. 
So in order to further the conversation about money and about earning, uh, we're using Greenlight as a kind of a foundation for that conversation. Uh, in other words, instead of just the allowance he gets for certain base things that he's expected to do around the house, uh, we are also adding the chore feature, which is certain one-time payments for certain one-time jobs. For example, in our house, we're trying to encourage our son to start walking the dog more. He's old enough for it, he's responsible enough for it, and he's done it enough that he knows what to do. So he can really see that for all those extra times that he steps up and does the dog walk, he gets rewarded for that job well done. And this is the conversation. In life, when you work a little extra harder, you get a little extra compensation and you can either save that up or spend it how you like. And we're not alone in this. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's a very easy and very convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and for families to navigate life together. So sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash adrenaline. That's greenlight.com slash adrenaline to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash adrenaline slash 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 slash. So thrilling, right? On a remote island in Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Kellen? Honey? Is that you? <laughs> you called me, Mom. Who else would be on the other end of my cell phone? Well, I, I don't really know. Mom, that's a rhetorical question. What's up? You sound so far away. That's just the cell phone reception. I'm at home in Seattle. I'd probably sound the same if I was in Beirut. Beirut? Why, why would you be in Beirut? Mom, it's just an example of a faraway place. Why did you call? I thought you could take care of it. Take care of what? They found him, honey. They found Kevin. Finally, after all these years, the coroner just needs someone to claim him. Will you do it? I don't think I can manage. Not with your father being so... Well, you know. Will you fetch your brother? Bring him home to us? Honey? Are you there? Kellen? Afternoon. Help you? Yeah. I'm here to claim my brother's remains. His name is Kevin Rucker. I'm Kellen Rucker. Did you receive a letter from the district attorney notifying you that the investigating detectives were authorizing release? My parents did. Do you have the case file number? Uh, yeah, I do. It's here somewhere. Hang on. 98732. Don't you need me to identify him first? The lab made a positive ID with the DNA sample on file. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, how did he die, does it say? Was he murdered? Do they know? For both cause and manner of death, undetermined has been checked. Now, this can change since the case isn't officially closed, but your brother has come off our missing persons roster. That's something. 
Good for the department stats. Sign here. And here. I'll have his remains brought out. It'll be just a few minutes. Uh, I was thinking you could recommend a good local mortuary. I can authorize them to pick him up in this hearse or van or whatever. I've got to make funeral arrangements. I'd hold off on that if I were you. Why? Case isn't closed. Then why are you releasing his body? We're short on space. We were supposed to move to a bigger facility, but the city budget deficit last year put those plans on hold. You busting at the seams with unclaimed corpses or something in a dead town like Sultan Sea? You'd be surprised. It's like the lost luggage department at a train station back there. Only with bodies and body parts instead of trunks and suitcases. Really? Nobody to claim them. Nobody to inquire as to their whereabouts. The last person who left Salton Sea back in the 70s turned out the lights. Well, that's not exactly true. People still live here. If you can call it living. Now, you might not believe this, but back in the 1950s and 60s, during its heyday, Salton Sea was the premier vacation spot in California. Bigger than Disneyland or Yosemite Park, even. A regular recreational paradise. Boating, skiing, fine dining, sunbathers packing the entire length of the lakeshore. People came here to be seen, especially the Hollywood types. Throw a stick in the direction of the lake, you'd be sure to hit a movie star or a famous politician. I know for a fact that President Eisenhower stayed here. So did Rock Hudson and Frank Sinatra and that uh, pretty little blonde in that Hitchcock movie, Psycho. What's her name? Janet Lee. I know all about this place. I grew up here. Then you know. Yeah, I know. Go on, Kellen. Please continue. The next part gives me the chills. Stalling can be enervating, exhausting. Or it can be a simple rest stop on the mental highway to hell. Glibness is an aspect of uh, deflection. You think? Avoidance is a maladaptive means of escaping a confrontation with a stressor, Callan. Such a coping behavior is an attempt to protect oneself from psychological damage. That doesn't sound so maladaptive, Doc. Besides, I have an eidectic memory. With the exception of the day of Kevin's disappearance. And that's exactly how it went down at the coroner's office, word for word. The longer you avoid facing what upsets you, the worse the psychological consequences. It's no different than allowing an open wound to fester. What happened next was fucking nuts. What happened next, Kellen? That was fucking nuts. Here you go, Mr. Rucker. What is this? The identified remains of Kevin Aaron Rucker. Case file 98732. This is a brown paper bag. Little known fact, moisture condenses in plastic and can ruin evidence, especially where it's hot or humid. We find that plain old lunch bag paper is better for long-term storage. This is a bone. Tibia, to be precise. What? Commonly called the shin bone. See, you got two long bones in the lower leg connecting the knee to an ankle. The other's called the fibula, but the tibia is the longer of the two. It's not that long. It's like a thin flute. Your brother went missing when he was, what, 12? That belonged to a child. 
That's a child's tibia. How could they even know it's Kevin? DNA, like I said. Probably from the bone marrow. They got the means to do that now. The lab can work wonders with even the minutest sample. But what am I going to do with this? I can't show this to my parents. I can't arrange a funeral for one bone. If it was me, I'd wait until they find more. I'm not saying you can ultimately assemble him in his entirety, but you might have enough odds and ends for a shoebox burial. Where was this found? On the beach. Out with all the fish and bird bones. It's the size that caught the eye of the guy out there scavenging with a metal detector. There's no bird with bones that big, except maybe a California condor. But bird bones are hollow. You know, light, so they can fly. This bone never flew anywhere. No, it didn't. It turns out it never even left Salton Sea. Even after all these years, whenever I hear the name Salton Sea, I don't think of the town where I grew up. I think of the lake for which it's named. Without the lake, there would have been no town. From the perspective of an airplane, the sight below is enough to blow your mind. A massive lake smack in the middle of an inhospitable desert. Fucking huge. But it's the color you really remember. A radioactive sapphire blue. A shade that shouldn't exist in nature. The touched-up blue you find on travel posters depicting an idealized Adriatic. The blue artist Maxfield Parrish used to illustrate a sky in an ancient land that only existed in his crazy, vivid imagination. A too-good-to-be-true shade of blue. And it was too good to be true. But what really triggers recall the most? Think about it. Merely reminiscing seldom brings a flood of emotions with it. Maybe nostalgia, if you're lucky. A specific sound is more likely to pack an emotional gut punch. Whenever I think of Sultan Sea, I remember the sound of the hot Santa Ana winds blowing across the surface of the lake and creating these little lapping waves. You could hear the soft howl of the wind. You could hear the wavelets splashing against the shore. Seagulls, too, forever shrieking overhead like airborne banshees, even though Salton Sea is more than a hundred miles from the Pacific Ocean. That's the ambient background noise of my childhood. I hear it echoing in my head to this day, like a conch shell forever plastered to my ear. But the most powerful trigger? Not sight, not sound. Smell. A whiff of a lover's long-forgotten perfume can bring tears to your eyes. The heady smell of a new-mown hayfield can evoke a childhood long past. It's the same with Salton Sea. What I recall most is the stink. It got in your clothes. It got in your hair. It attached itself to the exposed membranes in your nostrils. Everything stank. And as the temperature rose, it got worse. When the breeze shifted, it carried the stench from the dying lake to the town, washed over everything like poisonous gas. The gagging odor of dead fish, dead birds, decay, 
rot. When the temperature went up, the lake stank of rotten eggs, that unmistakable odor of hydrogen sulfide. When the Santa Ana winds blew, people as far away as Los Angeles, which is more than 150 miles away as the crow flies, got a whiff. Strong enough to make the Angelinos puke up their sushi and martinis. It got so bad when I was a kid, some residents took to wearing army surplus gas masks. Others walked around all day long with a swipe of Vic smeared on their upper lip. Everyone who had a car had enough little air fresheners hanging inside their vehicles to decorate a Christmas tree. The first thing you learn in Sultan Sea is not your name. It's how to control your fucking gag reflex. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings from Salt and Sea is created by Cassandra Wells and Charlie Randazzo. Written by Cassandra Wells. Directed by Charlie Randazzo. Produced by Fred Greenhalge and Marco Palmieri. Executive produced by Cassandra Wells, Daniel Kamen, Molly Barton, and Julian Yap. Performed by Daniel Kamen, Tom Bayer, Jeff Blumberg, Marta Cross, Harry Gawillam, Jackson Gawillam, Mark Irvingson, Charlie Rendazzo, Time Winters, and Tracy Winters. Post-production producer, Daniel Kamen. Sound design and editing by Charlie Rendazzo. Music by Quiet on the Set. Additional cover art by Heather Mason. Production manager, Devin Shepard. Production coordinator, Angela Yee. Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi. You're listening to Adrenaline, greetings from Salton Sea. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Adrenaline is produced by Nicole Kreuter and Kaylin West. Associate produced by Devin Shepard. Executive produced by Molly Barton and Julian Yap. Hosted by Neil Helligers. Audio editing by Angela Yee. Original theme by Marcus Bagala. Original cover art by Kindle Thomas. Find more shows like Adrenaline by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.